0: The Relationships First podcast is brought to you by First. Real estate agents, First knows that your most valuable asset is your relationships and most precious resource is your time. But there is never enough time to nurture your people the way you want to, until now. The First Intelligence platform recommends the people who are most likely to need your services so you can better focus your time and connect when it matters most. Learn more
1: and request a free demo at first.io.
0: This is Bill Risser.
1: And Molly McKinley. And we're talking relationships.
0: All kinds of relationships, from starting new ones to nurturing existing ones over time.
1: And each week, we'll highlight something that inspires
0: or triggers us
1: to help get to the root of why relationships are key to our happiness and success.
0: We are so happy you're joining us for episode two. Uh, I am here with Molly McKinley, and as she mentioned uh, in our close on episode one, we're going to talk about the book, Never Eat Alone, uh, recently updated right, by Keith Ferrazzi. And, and Molly, uh, you turned me on to this book. Tell me how you found it and tell me uh, why it's important for you.
1: Yeah, actually, it's a funny story. I just recently discovered this book. I was in the cab coming home from in- Inman Connect, and uh, Tracy Freeman was like, hey, yeah, that's just like from the book, Never Eat Alone. And I'm like, I haven't read it. She's like, oh my gosh, you have to read it. And so that was, uh, I, I purchased it from Amazon before I even got to the airport and it was on my doorstep uh, the next day. So, nice, yeah.
0: So tell me, let's, let's, I'll let you start off on this. Tell me, um, you know, we're, you and I are both working our way through the book together. It's yeah. kind of like our own little book club. And uh, tell me, uh, tell me what's reached out and touched you.
1: Yeah, I think the best place to start, and I think we're going to have to have multiple conversations about it because it's a book about relationships, right? So this is a very, uh, it's apropos, let's say. The most important truth that we need to underline here is this idea of reciprocity as it relates to relationships. And if there's nothing else that anyone ever does, it's a mindset shift of thinking about the benefit and value that you're bringing to someone else, and not what's in it for you, and that's a pretty important idea.
0: Yeah, I like. I'll agree with you. It's funny you bring that up because I highlighted a, a, a section of the book where uh, Keith says, "I learned that real networking was about finding ways to make other people more successful. It was about working hard to give more than you get, and that's not a." we've heard that for years our entire lives right uh, it's more important to give uh, better to give than to receive we've heard this over and over and over but do we really kind of bring that into our the business world where we're trying to develop relationships and connections that are mutually beneficial right
1: yeah that's it and the answer to that is no I mean I sort of have a fundamental belief system that the business relationships give everybody a very bad excuse to do poor things that we wouldn't do in our, you know, personal relationships. But for whatever reason, um, you add money to the equation and it uh, makes people silly. But with that idea, I mean, so one of my core belief systems is to give, give, give before I ever ask. And I always want the skills to be weighted, so that if I do need something that people are offering and I don't actually have to ask for it, they'll know or, or I'll say, hey, I'm struggling with this and, and they're, they're more than willing to help because I've helped them already. And I don't know if that's just because how I'm wired and you know, I am overly sensitive to that, but it has really worked for me.
0: Now, I come from a company where where sales are a critical component to what we do. I've I've worked with some sales managers and, and sales executives that would would say, well that doesn't work, Molly. You have to be asking for the business. You have to be constantly uh, trying to to get the next deal. And so if I if when you hear that, you know, where there's no giving, it's simply I just need, I need, I need, what, what, how do you how do you respond to that?
1: Well, I mean, imagine being in a personal relationship with that person; it wouldn't last long, right? Right. And yeah. so the the underlying truth for me is the fact that we're all human, and whether we're in a business relationship or a personal relationship, we still have to relate. And those aren't people that are very um, fun to be around. Yeah. At least not for the long haul, right? right. So right. there's there's just that, and so my first counter argument would be, well. You know, are you having long-term relationships? Because I can't really imagine without a lot of shared or mutual benefit that uh, you know that that's a very rewarding uh, position to be on the receiving end of that.
0: Yeah, good point. <laughs> True. Right. Yeah. No, look, I uh, I'm I'm a big fan of what Keith says, uh, but there's just that that old guard, that old sales guard, still floats around out there that um, would look at these kinds of the, these, these messages that we're reading or these conversations we're having today and say, look, relationships are overrated. You don't have to worry about that so much. You've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to be in there grinding away and hustling and asking for the deal. Um, which is weird to say that because that's exactly the opposite of what that Gary V would say. <laughs> he said, you'd he'd say you'd be in there hustling, trying to build that relationship. Um, yeah, but, but so how do we, how do we, you know, I guess as a guy who's, you know, I'm like, I'm in my fifties, and I, I keep thinking back to the way um, things were done when I was in my twenties. It's the shift has been dramatic, or were we always doing it this way?
1: Well, I think the best of the best were always relationship masters. Yeah. So I think that's the universal like thread. So, and when you think about somebody who's really an amazing salesperson they're very naturally driving to look for shared value. Now we just have, we just have names for it. And we, you know, this idea of, you know, mutual benefit and, you know, and, and I, I used to be an art dealer, right? So I have sold many things in my life and there is a disconnect, I think for a lot of people when they, as soon as they start to feel salesy and this is a wonderful framework to take that away because then you're not trying to manipulate negative term, right? That has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to twist. You're not trying to, you know, you're, you're, you're looking for the opportunities. And then again, we, I think this is going to be a theme of this show, but when you're listening for the opportunities and genuinely actively engaged is when you find the aha moments, I know what you need and I know how to serve you. And those are the things that, that's to me what shared value and reciprocity is all about. So it's not just like blind giving and give, 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 give without any kind of intention, but it's this active listening. Here's and, And here's the other thing, Bill. When we're having that dance of, beginning of a relationship, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And being very, very candid and transparent about what you're looking for. And they may or may not be able to solve that, but at least the cards are on the table. And then I don't feel there's there there is no, um, it's just very transparent.
0: I love the uh, the way that Keith introduces this in the book "Never Eat Alone." He talks about uh, where he discovered right how connections and relationships were built, and the, that whole reciprocity thing uh, yes. was uh, as a caddy. Right at the, uh, he grew up in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, uh, which is where Arnold Palmer grew up, and he caddied at the country club for the rich. He was a probably a lower middle class. You know, his father was a steel worker in yep. uh, in eastern Pittsburgh, or Pennsylvania. And uh, he, he was able to see these conversations and how, how these uh, um, movers and shakers in the industry, what they would do on a golf course, how they would have these conversations, how you could understand uh, who somebody was, but how they handled themselves. Right. Yeah. Talk, talk about, talk about that a little bit. I know you, you like that part of the
1: Well, I think it's one hysterical that you were able to weave in sports into our relationship <laughs> podcast.
0: It's my goal. Every episode. Thank you.
1: <laughs> that does not go unnoticed. I feel like we should have like a little points, like ding. You know? <laughs> that also jumped out to me, Bill. And the reason why is because he was an observer of how things get done. And what that whole section of the book about watching like the jobs happen and the internships open and the opportunities to each other's children of. You know the relationships, people who who golf together, the teams. Do they call them teams or like what? Is-
0: uh, in golf, yeah, they're they're foursomes, and, and- okay. <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. I
1: could I could have said something dirty, but I won't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but the ob- observing of how people take care of each other when they are committed to the person is the right takeaway from that whole idea?
0: Yeah, he talked about really even specific conversations because as a caddy, he's right there listening to the entire thing. And if somebody had a need, um, they had no problem talking to their playing partner and saying, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so is trying to get his kid here. Didn't you know somebody there? And he knew because he'd already been a giver that it was going to be not even an issue to have these conversations back and forth. They just routinely gave. And I think the key phrase that comes out, the left out of the book of me, there is nobody kept score you don't keep yes. track of how many times i've done something for somebody anticipating that thing to return it's just exactly. it's just the way it worked in that world and this is the world of successful people
1: yes and build like that to me is the heart of authenticity mm-hmm. when people talk about authenticity and it's this really weird buzzword that doesn't really like what exactly does it mean to be authentic The people who keep score, that is not authentic because you are doing things for something Um, instead of just, again, that's where like the giving freely, it's not that those two ideas, it's not, you can give freely, but also know that you are intentionally investing in people. And that's the big idea. It's not you're investing in to. To get something but you're investing in the people you're investing in the relationships And then you just know it will bear fruit at some point whether it's just a very meaningful connection to another person Or in ways that we have no idea
0: It it could be 10 years down the road and and some of the examples we'll talk through in this book are just like that Um, you, You just never know you never know when when this connection and that connection and these five connections all come together in one perfect you know, harmonious, like alignment of everything to create an amazing opportunity. It happens all the time. So we need to be purposeful and intentional and try to do that same sort of thing, right? I think that's the takeaway for this episode is look for those opportunities to to be of assistance, to help, to serve, uh, and understand that the more of that you can do, um, the better off you are. You're building up this this network of people that are going to be able to someday, right? Help you as well.
1: Exactly. And if you're listening for opportunity, you'll yeah. be able to find that in the moment. Right. But if we're always talking and not listening, that's when we miss those moments.
0: I'm working on that daily. <laughs> you can ask my wife. <laughs> so, with that,
1: she <laughs> would not, to- not ask my wife because. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> Same, yep. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the clock here, Molly. We're really, as we kind of ramp this podcast up, we're trying to make sure we stay brief. We're kind of right at close to the 15 minute mark. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, um, thank everyone for listening. So you can see the ebb and flow here. What we're trying to do is, is, um, kind of find a point and be able to bring that point to you on a regular consistent basis, hopefully weekly, uh, here with the relationships first. Relationships First podcast. So thank you so much for checking in. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Molly, thank you so much for the idea.
1: Phil, it's always fun. Hey, so join us for episode three. We're going to continue having the conversation about Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, but we're going to focus on the PR aspects as well as social arbitrage. So tune in then. Thanks so much.